Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy, as always, you're listening. The... um, these classified documents, you know, one of the things I'm starting to notice, and, and you could you could have easily have predicted this, uh, especially now that Pence has come out and has admitted that he has classified documents. And that is that they're they're handling Trump differently than Biden and Pence. Now, I don't know if there's gonna be a special prosecutor on Pence or not, but um the only thing similar about the way Biden uh, classified documents scandal is happening versus the way Trump is happening, the only thing similar between the two is they both have uh, special counsels on the job to investigate it. Um, and I, I just thought it was kind of instructive, and, I, and I've got a couple of clips, one from five or six months ago when, when the raid on Mar-a-Lago happened, and then I've got a uh, – and that's from – readout joy reed show on msnbc and then i've got another one from cnn uh anderson cooper show and i'm going to cut them up i'm going to i'm going to cut just the parts out that that uh, i think are interesting because uh, there's really nothing there we need for context um but the media is definitely i mean you can just tell they're in the tank uh, the mainstream media anyway for the Democratic Party and for its candidates. And uh, you can just tell the way uh, they talk about these stories, the way they frame them, uh, the excuses they make for them. In fact, in the Joy Reid clip that we're going to listen to, she has this attorney, I think he's out of Texas, and he lists all these excuses that Trump, you know, this pattern that Trump usually displays. And I don't know if he displays a pattern or not, but that's what they say. And uh, one of them was Obama did it too. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I think I think you could raid the last 10 presidents' uh, residencies, residences and find probably find classified documents. That's how that's how um, I bet you Obama has more than any of them. <laughs> that's my guess. Um, but to me, the bigger thing, and you know, this is kind of what I want to point out. We're gonna the show is gonna be about the duplicitousness of the media, but the bigger thing is why do we have all this stuff classified? You know, theoretically, um, a government of, for, and by the people should have some knowledge about what its government is doing on its behalf. After all. They represent us, right? I mean, if you have an attorney who's representing you, doesn't it make sense that you should know what they're doing on your behalf? I mean, just because you have a representative doesn't mean that you, you know, completely distance yourself from what they're doing. No, it just means that you want them to handle the day-to-day work or the specialty nature of the work. This is what it means to have an agent or a representative. 
And last time I checked, you know, at least what I learned in grade school is that we have a representative government. And so a representative government has to be transparent to the people. I think that was the intention anyway. And, and we just simply do not have that. Now, so does that mean we don't have a representative government? I would make the case that, yes, that's the case. We do not have a representative government. We have a, a managerial state. We have um, a government of agencies and lifelong bureaucrats that essentially run the domestic and foreign policy of this country. And we're basically unrepresented. I mean, there's no way we can hold this managerial state accountable. And so, uh, for the most part, we, we don't have representation at the national level. Uh, now, you could maybe argue that we have it at the state level, but even then, there's still a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of uh, permanent uh, government, even at the state level. But it's much, much smaller. And you could make an argument that it's easier to manage and that it's more representative. I mean, you could probably meet with your local state representative as an individual. And that wouldn't be that hard to do, probably. So, you know, this is, this is a big problem in, in our form of government, is that we've, it's been co-opted by this managerial system. But today, I just want to make fun of the fact that, you know, that we've got all these... In fact, let me just say something here. I, I think Pence... I think Pence knew he had classified documents. I have no evidence for this, but I mean, I think I would do the same thing. If I had classified documents and the president of the United States was being accused of having classified documents and the former president of the United States was being, was accused of having classified documents, man, if you were going to come clean with classified documents there is not a better time to do it than right now, especially when everybody's trying to go soft on Biden for this. Uh, you know, they're talking about what he's cooperating and he's he's he hasn't uh, denied that he has these documents. And, you know, let me just say, if that if that was you, OK, you had these documents, it wouldn't matter if you were cooperating or not. You would cooperate cooperate yourself right into a prison cell. That's how it works for the citizens. But the truth is, that's not how it works for, you know, the, the politicians themselves. There's a, we have a two-tiered system. And this is just another example of this two-tiered system. Good evening, everyone. I'm Tiffany Cross, and tonight for Joy Reid. And we begin with the ever-evolving excuses from Donald Trump and his team over why classified documents, including some classified at the highest levels, were even at his Mar-a-Lago residence in the first place. Now, as hard as it may be to believe, there's actually a pattern to these excuses. Steve Laddick, he's a law professor at the University of Texas, he laid out the stages of Trump's denial brilliantly. One, it didn't happen. Whatever happened wasn't a big deal. Someone else did it. Whatever happened isn't illegal. The president can't be liable for whatever happened. Well, Obama did it too. Who cares if the president did it and it's illegal? I love this list. It sounds like it sounds like a list of, you know, why didn't you turn in your homework or something from high school? 
it's really pretty funny. But you can just the thing I just wanted to play is is just the the indignation that this woman has in her voice, this Tiffany Cross for the president. I mean, she's saying he always makes excuses. You know, uh, this is a pattern. That's another thing I've always known about Trump or, or saw about Trump. They're always trying to assign some sort of pattern to Trump as he's as if he's some sort of psychopath or something. I think that's funny as well. We'll talk about that in a bit. But of course, if Trump's true concern was actually to keep the classified documents safe, documents, by the way, which he initially claimed were probably planted there by FBI agents. But wouldn't the best place be to keep them safe at the National Archives? I mean, honestly, at this point, they will say just about anything to further muddy the waters, regardless of how absurd it may be, because so many people out there will believe him. And that includes this ridiculous claim that everything was already declassified because Trump had a standing order mm -hmm, that materials taken from the Oval Office to the resident should be considered declassified. I can remember early on in this show, I, I basically said that Trump ought to declassify everything. He just ought to... because. What they do, especially with him in there, is they're going to they're going to use all this information against him, and then they're going to say it's classified or it's part of an ongoing investigation. He should have just declassified everything. But you know, I think there actually is something to the president just saying it's declassified. You know, um, now maybe he should have got the declassified copies. You know, so they they weren't marked. I don't know. It's just. My thing is really just to show the difference uh, between what they're the way they're talking about um, Biden and now Pence. I mean, golly, they're making excuses for Pence. I mean, here they're taking Donald Trump's excuses and they're making fun of them, right? Which they should do. Those are ridiculous excuses. But then they're in the media, and I guess because Biden and Pence aren't talking, the media is making excuses for Biden and Pence. So I, I just I just think that's interesting. Could these false statements, these lies that Trump uh, routinely makes, could they be introduced in any of the multiple legal proceedings against him as having demonstrated a pattern of lying? Sure, the entirety of information would be available to the government, although what will be most critical is what was directly conveyed, not on Truth Social or in any press release, but between his lawyers and the FBI and National Archives officials that have been coordinating with his staff for the last 18 months. We know that they, it was months ago that the uh, NARA initially found that there was records missing. We know 15 boxes were retrieved in February. We know ongoing negotiations continue, that a subpoena was issued in June. More classified documents were taken out that apparently one of the lawyers for Donald Trump actually signed an affidavit saying there were no more records, and yet the government had sufficient evidence to get this search warrant, and lo and behold, they found more classified records. All that would come into play. One of the things that stands out to me in this contrast, you know, when they're talking about Trump, they know all this stuff. You know, they know, they know there were 15 boxes. Uh, they, they know about certain statements between him and his lawyers. You know, how do they know these things? I mean, isn't that privileged, privileged information, you know, when you talk to your lawyer? You know, that now they do have communication from lawyers between the National Archives and Trump's lawyers. But notice that they just know all this stuff, right? And they're reporting on it to make it sound bad. But notice when we get to the Biden and the Pence stuff, the media doesn't know anything. 
mean, they don't know anything about how many, uh, you know, items, you know, they'll say something like eight items were found. Well, it could be eight file cabinets, you know, full of documents. But uh, here we're, we're told, you know, specifically about what was found. You know, there were there was two binders full of photos. There was um, uh, some information about the French president. And, you know, there was something else. Now, there's also been all this information, which I think turned out to be false, about potential nuclear codes. But that's just the point, you know. Uh, the media can get all hyperbolic when it comes to Trump and what his uh, he, what he's been doing legally or illegally. And, and then when they go to Biden, it's like, well, we don't really know all the details and the circumstances surrounding uh, these documents. It, it sounds like just a few documents, and it could have easily been misplaced or put in the wrong pile. I mean, it's, it's just hilarious. You know, Tiffany, just a small number of random people had access to classified documents right. in the basement of a, what is essentially a hotel and wedding facility. I mean, what could possibly yeah. go wrong in that scenario? Um, Seriously. No. On both accounts, it, it does not matter. It's absolutely ridiculous. She even admitted in her own statement she does not know who has access to it or when it was accessed or any of these things, which is the opposite of the National Archives or any skiff uh, where they would keep classified information inside the government. Ridiculous on all accounts. I think the biggest thing is they didn't even know what they had or didn't seem to know what they had. So how would they know even if that room was entered into what was there and what was accessed? It's ridiculous on every single part of this chain of custody. And that's what we would have inside a government space, by the way, is a chain of custody for every piece of classified information, which would track to every system that's there. Everyone would be logged in and out. Uh, this item would be controlled or that item would be controlled. And it's just completely ludicrous. Even in the response, she both said there was nothing to worry about, but she also didn't know. It's just crazy on, on, on the surface, uh, all the way through that yeah. explanation. So it's ludicrous. It's crazy. I mean, what they're talking about is this attorney, Christina Bob, um, but they're talking about Trump too, right? They're talking, they're like, how could, they don't even know what they're doing. They don't know how many documents they, well, you know, first of all, Christina Bob doesn't have security clearance, so she shouldn't be looking at the documents anyway, but it's just, it's just the way they're talking about it. They're very snarky. You know, what could possibly go, go wrong? It's basically, you know, a wedding venue with people coming in and out and, and they're just being shitty about it, you know, and, and, and what you're going to see when we switch to the, to the Biden discussion or, you know, or the Pence discussion is it's very serious and this probably happened by accident. And this is very different than the Trump situation. And they've been cooperating and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, look, they had lawyers on Trump from the get-go, lawyers and investigators. Why would he be cooperating with any of them? I mean, I tend to have empathy for Trump here. I wouldn't be cooperating with people that are trying to kill me. You know, that's essentially what's happening with Trump. Uh, even now, even after he's out of the presidency, the whole time he was in there. And look, I mean, if you listen to this show, you know that I really don't care about Trump. I mean, I, I voted for him the second time, but not the first time. And the main reason I voted for him the second time is I just thought it was brilliant how he was driving the media crazy. <laughs> and, and, of course, we're playing some of that today. They're, they're just, they lost their minds. They were so 
adamant about, you know, getting Trump out of there or harming him in some way in his presidency that they just completely lost their minds and they forgot about any kind of standards of integrity or journalistic integrity. So and we're going to see some of this now. We're going to switch to some of the CNN footage around the discussions about Biden and Pence. Well, I think everyone should be concerned. These are serious violations of pretty clear rules. Now, how concerned you should be comes down to the damage assessment that is always done by the FBI and the Department of Justice and other uh, intelligence community partners after documents like this are recovered. They take a look at those things to see if sources and methods have been compromised. Oftentimes, the answer to that is no. And if that's the case, then it's not quite as serious as it, as it could be. But these are these are clear violations. So this is Andrew McCabe talking, and you know he's a I guess a regular on CNN. Even though the guy's a liar, I mean he's he lied before Congress. The guy should be in jail himself. Um, anyway, that we're not going to talk about that. But Andrew McCabe is you know he always weighs in on this stuff. He's like a, got a CNN contract, and he's look look it's it's very serious. These are very serious violations. But then he just goes to soft pedal the whole thing. Well, and it, but it really kind of depends on, you know, what the FBI finds in the documents. You know, if sources and methods were revealed and this, that, and the other, well, then, you know, it could be a little bit more serious. But he basically, he basically makes it sound like, I mean, you can just tell right now. I mean, I can tell that right now that's not what's going to be in there. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not what's in there. I'm saying as far as you and I, what we're going to be told, there's not going to be anything in there that the FBI found to be violating sources and methods or any of the reasons Andrew McCabe just gave for it not being as serious. There's something that I think we have to point out here, Anderson. It is the overwhelming majority of people who have clearances don't run into these sorts of problems because they can only look at and work with classified materials at work, in their workspace, in places that are authorized to store those sorts of documents. When you're a low-level person in the intelligence community, you don't ever take anything home. And if you need to look at something in the middle of the night or on the weekends, you get in your car and you drive back into the office. It is not the same for principals of organizations, presidents, vice presidents, heads of, of executive agencies. These people have a need to be able to have access to classified material, to read classified material, to be briefed on classified material literally 24 hours a day. So there are constantly people following them around, handing them pieces of classified, whether that's at home or when traveling, traveling overseas. And when you have that much material that you're processing, it's almost, um, well, I'll say it's foreseeable that sometimes things get put down in the wrong pile, they get commingled with non-classified stuff. And, you know, human beings make errors and that's how we get mm -hmm. to a situation that, that we seem to be in. Oh, I see now. It's an error. It's just foreseeable that Joe Biden and Mike Pence would end up with some classified information in their file cabinets at their personal residences. See, it, it, what it sounds like to me they're, they're setting this up for, and, and maybe, like I said, maybe Pence is in on it, okay, is they're, they're showing this error, this error of cooperation, right? They've turned themselves in. They're cooperating with the Justice Department. They're they're playing ball, right? And then but Trump in contrast, see he's not playing ball. He's he's being antagonistic. He's uh 
ignoring subpoenas. He told the National Archives to go pound sand effectively. And so we had to send the FBI in there and just raid it and get our documents back. Those belong to the government, you know. And so this is this is how they're going to, I mean, look, they're, they're going to try to get, they're going to get Trump, right? They're just, they're just going to get him. That's, they've made their mind up one way or the other. They're going to get this guy. And, um, if, if, if Biden has to have a bunch of classified documents and he gets his hands slapped and he looks like an idiot for, you know, his, his, uh, his presidential record or his, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of legacy, his presidential legacy. And if Mike Pence has to, you know, fall on a sword to get rid of Donald Trump, then that's what these guys are going to do. They're part of the system. They're part of the, the, the quote unquote deep state or the managerial state. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to Pence and, and Biden. They may get off. They may say, well, they just didn't know they had these documents. For all I know, it could be talking about a truckload of documents, and they just didn't know they had them. And in Biden's case, some of them were stored in his garage, you know, where it was secure because his Corvette was there. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. The, the reporting on it is ridiculous. And, um, and so it looks like to me, though, that's going to be the distinction that they're going to draw. They're going to say that, well, Trump was combative, combative and he was putting up a fight and he felt like those documents were his and um you know he was violating subpoenas and all this other stuff and biden and pence over here see they've been cooperating so they're gonna they're gonna be fine there's no legal jeopardy for them but donald trump he's getting indicted does the mike pence revelation does it does it help the biden white house i think it does i I do think that there are clear distinctions now if you group Pence and Biden in one category and the former president, Donald Trump, who did not honor a lawfully issued subpoena and as a result had to have those things taken back by the FBI and returned to the National Archives. Um, I think as a political matter, uh, it is a gift to the president that the same situation happened. So, um, Alyssa, you worked with the former vice president. Were you surprised that it happened to him? So I was surprised. Um, first and foremost, I think Mike Pence is a man of integrity and he's a very responsible and serious person. In the Trump White House, he was somebody who I trust to do things by the book more than anyone else on that campus. Um, and frankly, it kind of makes Biden's case for him, which is that accidents happen. Um, so former Con- Congressman Jones and Alyssa Farah Griffin agree, basically, you know, uh, accidents do happen. You know, Mike Pence is someone of a very high level of integrity. And of course, Donald Trump is not right. Donald Trump is a scumbag. I mean, that's the message there. And uh, he probably should be indicted. But, you know, look, I mean, Biden and, and Pence, they just they just made a mistake. You know, they're just it's just a, an error. Probably someone from the staff, you know, uh, made an error. And that's how they ended up with these classified documents. That, I mean, that's that's the storyline. You know, like if you got in trouble at school, you had the party line. That was like the the story we're all going to tell. Like everybody's going to tell the same story. We call that the party line. Well, the party line here is that um, Biden and and uh, Pence 
just made a mistake or somebody on their staff made an error. But because Trump had his lawyers arguing with the National Archives uh, with some sort of paper war, <laughs> Uh, then that's, that's, you know, criminal, you know, he's, he's a bad guy and he, he's got to be indicted over it. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's the way it's going to go down. So this indicates to me, this was a mistake, most likely a staff error. Um, but keep in mind the timing of this. This is, you know, kind of a hasty transition after right. January 6th. My guess is that he was not packing boxes, um, heading, you know, getting ready for a transition in that period. And staff were rushed to do it last minute. And that's how it was able to happen. It's almost like the media is crafting the story for Biden and Pence. Like, you know, like uh, they don't want to get out and say what they think or, you know, like Trump did. And, you know, maybe that's the problem is Trump is just too much of a loudmouth. He's just he doesn't trust anybody else to speak for him. So, you know, he speaks for himself. And, you know, I I don't know. Look, I I really don't care that much about Trump. I, you know, I've I've never really been a Trump fan. I'm not a. I'm not a politician fan in general, okay? I don't think that there's some magical politician out there, Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump or anybody that's going to be able to undo the problems that we have in this country. And that's mainly because the problems are very structural in nature. And you've heard me talk about it. The problems have to do with the money, the dishonest money system. And so a president... It doesn't matter if he's a Republican or a Democrat or she is going to be able to do anything about that. That's that's a structural issue that we're going to have to confront when enough people finally uh, believe that that's a big enough problem to deal with. Uh, and so even even saying that President Biden himself mishandled these materials, I think, is, is premature until such time as a determination is made by the Justice Department. But we do know that Donald Trump refused request after request to the point where a subpoena had to be issued and the FBI had to go into Mar-a-Lago and take those documents back because he refused, he insisted on keeping those documents. See, more excuses for Biden. Uh, you know, Biden even saying that he mishandled these documents himself, that's premature. But what we do know is Trump, you know, ignored a subpoena and the FBI had to go down there and get those documents back. That's very different. Uh, listen, do you think this, the the discovery of the Pence documents, uh, that it uh, influences the case against the investigation of the former president's documents? Well, it's obviously very different. I think that the Biden and the Pence case are probably more similar in the sense that they're both fully, co it seems, fully cooperating at what we know at this time. The former president, it's a different, it's a different ballpark. I mean, he was obstructing, Nair was trying to get these documents for months and months. And I hope that the Justice Department looks at them based on just the facts as they play out. So there you have it, you know, um, and maybe you agree with them. Um, but one, one of the things I'd like to point out is that you have a Democrat, this Congressman Jones, and then you have a Republican, um, um, Alyssa Farrah Griffin. And notice that they agree. <laughs> and what you'll find in Washington, D.C., is that that's more common than you think. This is why I always say that it's not about Democrat versus Republican. It's not about left versus right. The, the real problems, again, are structural and um, have to do with the money and uh, the, the law. The law is a big part of the problem. Um, 
And these, these problems are, you know, they're going to be difficult to solve if we can solve them at all. Um, that's why I think what's more likely to happen is we just have some sort of financial collapse. Now that, that collapse could take a long time. It could take 20, 30 years. In fact, I was talking to a friend of mine today about this and we had a long conversation about it. In fact, I might just talk about it, uh, on Friday's show, just because I, I think it's an interesting, um, I think it's interesting to look at, you know, what's happening in the U S and, and look at it from a, just a purely economic standpoint. And I know a lot of people, they don't get as excited about economics as I do, but, but these are, these are these problems that we have, they're harming everybody. Okay. And I was making the case to this friend of mine today that they're not just harming Americans, these policies and our money system is harming everybody in the entire world. And, um, and you know, this is, this just can't go on forever. There's eventually there's going to be people that, that with a bigger megaphone than me that raise these points and, and, and there will be change coming at some point. Now, maybe I won't live long enough to see that. I don't know, but, uh, it just, it, it can't continue like this. That's for sure. It's economically not feasible. You're already starting to hear like in the Davos thing. And I tried to find some good clips from Davos. It was just so boring. Um, we might play a little bit of Klaus Schwab's opening statements, but the, the dialogue between the speakers was just awful. Uh, it just wasn't interesting at all. <clears throat> so, um, but you know, they're, they're t- one of the things they talked about in Davos is deglobalization. You're going to start seeing deglobalization. And they're blaming it on the supply chain. But the other thing which you, which you have happening globally is you've got kind of an equalization of labor now. You know, China is no longer such a cheap place to manufacture things. In fact, uh, I read somewhere that Mexico's labor is like one-third of China's now. So uh, we're talking about skilled labor. So that's a, that's a big blow to, de- to globalization, right? So you're going to start seeing deglobalization. And that'll be an interesting thing to talk about and to, um, you know, report on as, as, we, as we get closer to those, those decouplings, those, those systems, those supply chain connections breaking down and, and I, I guess presumably doing more manufacturing, more uh, sourcing and supply chain management here in the, in the U.S. Uh, uh, only or directly. All right, well... Look, I hope, hope you've enjoyed that, uh, that uh, dichotomy that I put in front of you between the way Joe Biden and Mike Pence are being handled versus the former president, uh, Donald Trump, is being handled. The, the one distinction that no, none of those people brought up is Trump was president with these documents. Um, at best, Biden was vice president, and of course, Pence was vice president. Now, they, they said they found some documents that um, Biden had when he was a senator. So his, his, his handling of classified documents goes way back. And in that case, you know, some of the stuff where they talk about how people just follow you around and hand you classified documents, that would not be true as a senator. So that seems more nefarious to me. But, you know, it'll all shake out, I guess, in, this, in these independent councils. But I, I, I don't think they're going to be handled the same way. I think Donald Trump is, is going to be, um, targeted 
and and probably uh, maligned in some way in his investigation. And Biden and Pence are probably going to be slapped on the wrist. That's that's my prediction. Well, look, come back uh, tomorrow. Listen, share the show. Um, talk about it with your friends and family. But like I said, the most important thing is come back and listen. And if you do that, I'll be here tomorrow to do it all over again.